Hello, my lovely readers. Welcome back to Hook It On Books for episode number three. Today, we're going to talk about Northganger Abbey by Jane Austen. Alright guys, so here we are, ready to check check out Northanger Abbey. I want to apologize, I keep calling it Northganger Abbey. I don't know why, but I keep adding a G. So if I call it that, please forgive me. It's actually Northanger Abbey, something like that. And it's by Jane Austen. The genre, I, if you wanted to summarize it, I would just call it fiction. Because it's a lot of things. Um... One thing, mainly, that Northanger Abbey is, is a gothic fiction novel. And what that means is she basically wrote it at a time period when they were mixing this kind of, like, horror into literature and sometimes, like, a dark romance. It means that there's these darker tones, a darker mood, some kind of, like, fear written into it. It's a little more spookier. But at the same time, it's not, like, your thriller kind of movie. Um, So it's not... Northanger Abbey, don't get me wrong, is not terrifying. It will not scare your pants off. But it has that gothic fiction take to it. It's also partially a romance with the characters. um, But I would say that it's more adventure than it is romance. And Catherine's um, coming of age and development throughout the novel than it is a romance and it's also a satire it's making fun of kind of got other gothic novels it's making fun of the characters and the people who kind of read gothic novels a little bit jane austen is really fun anyways so before i talk any more about it and bore you to death we are going to read the back of the book okay Northanger Abbey is a light-hearted account of a young girl's first excursion into fashionable society. Catherine Moreland is taken into Bath, where, along a crowd of new acquaintances, she meets Harry Tinley and his sister Eleanor, who invite her to stay at their family home, Northanger Abbey. Catherine, a devotee of horrid gothic novels, fervently hopes that the Abbey will match the haunted ruins that conjure up in her imagination. While poking fun at popular fiction, Catherine's story also exposes the difference between illusion and reality, and shows her artless approach to people, how her artless approach to people attracts true friendship and love. So, what does the back of the book not tell you? Well, this book is very unusual. While it's right, it's very lighthearted, it's also kind of creepy, and because it's tainted with Catherine's imagination. So while everything going around on around her might be playful, her perception of it changes how it seems. And so at times it's kind of creepy and a little bit spooky, but I would not say scary. Um, another thing I would say is it's not your typical Austin romance. So if you're thinking Pride and Prejudice, you thought wrong. This is nothing like it. I wouldn't say it's anything like Pride, Pride and Prejudice. Um, it's not all about the romance, and not that Pride and Prejudice is only romance. 
because there's definitely other things in it that make are what makes the novel great um this book does not concentrate on romance as much as some of her other works it's mostly 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 about Catherine's development as a person and how her perception changes and how she becomes aware of her imagination and how that's kind of getting her into trouble and taking her maybe into some places that she shouldn't really be going um she definitely embarrasses herself at times anyways um this and like once again this book is not all about the romance it's also about the adventure so from that we are gonna go into an excerpt and i'm gonna read you part of the book um part of chapter one it's kind of long but this will be the only excerpt there won't be another one so prepare yourself here we go into north anchor abbey no one who had ever seen Catherine Morland in her infancy would have supposed her born to be a heroine. Her situation in life, the character of her father and mother, her own person and disposition, were all equally against her. Her father was a clergyman, without being neglected or poor, and a very respectable man, though his name was Richard, and he had never been handsome. He had a considerable independence besides two good living things, two good livings, and was not in the least addicted to locking up his daughters. Her mother was a woman of useful plain sense, with a good temper, and, what is more remarkable, with a good constitution. She had three sons before Catherine was born, and instead of dying and bringing the latter in the world, as anybody might expect, she still lived on, lived to have six children more, to see them growing up around her, and to enjoy excellent health herself. A family of ten children will always be called a fine family, where there are heads and arms and legs enough for the number. But the Lorelands had little other right to the world, for they were in general very plain, and Catherine, for many years of her life, as plain as any. She had a thin, awkward figure, a swallow skin without color, dark leg hair, and strong features, so much for her person, and not less unproprietous for heroism seemed her mind she was not she was fond of all boys play and generally preferred cricket not merely to dolls but to more heroic enjoyments of infancy nursing a dormouse feeding a canary bird or watering a rose bush indeed she had no taste for a garden and if she gathered flowers at all it was chiefly for the pleasure of mischief at least so it was conjured conjectured from her always preferring those which she was forbidden to take such were her propensities. Her abilities were quite as extraordinary. She could never learn nor understand anything before she was taught, and sometimes not even then. For she was often inattentive and occasionally stupid. Her mother was three months in teaching her only to repeat the beggar's petition, and after all, her next sister Sally could do it better than she did. Not that Catherine was always stupid. By no means. She learnt the fable of ha the hair and many friends as quickly as any girl in england her mother wished her to learn music and catherine was sure she should like it for she was very fond of tinkling the keys from the old forlorn spinner so at eight years old she began 
She learnt a year and could not bear it, and Miss Morland, who did not insist on her daughter's being accomplished in spite of incapacity or distaste, allowed her to leave off. The day which dismissed the music master was one of the happiest of Catherine's life. Her taste for drawing was not superior, though whenever she could obtain the outside of a letter from her mother or seize upon any other odd piece of paper, she did what she could in that way by drawing houses and trees, hens and chickens, all very much like one another. <laughs> Writing in accounts, she was taught by her father, French by her mother. Her proficiency in either was not remarkable, and she shirked her lessons in both whenever she could. What a strange, unaccountable character! For with all these symptoms of prolifigy at ten years old, she had neither a bad heart nor a bad temper was seldom stubborn, scarcely ever quarrelsome, and very kind to the little ones. With few interruptions of tyranny, she was moreover noisy and wild, hated confinement and cleanness, and loved nothing so well in the world as rolling down the green slope at the back of the house. Such was Catherine Morland at ten. So, if you caught on to any of what I was reading... Um, you can get a little taste that Jane Austen is very witty. She's very playful. She makes fun of her characters in a way that's not, I wouldn't say hurtful, but it is teasing. And it's pretty funny. Let's see. What's a perfect example of this? Here we go. Such were her propensities. Her abilities were quite as extraordinary. But uh, that's her satire coming into play. Her, her, like, she wasn't that extraordinary. That's the point, which is kind of funny. And the whole novel is like that. It just pokes fun in all these very unique ways that keep you laughing if you're paying attention. The novel's very wordy. It's not super fast-paced. But it's very thoughtful and thought-provoking, and you can get a lot out of it if you take the time to read it. It's one of those things that I really like about Jane Austen, is her wit and her personality that you can hear and you can feel when you read it. Um, another reason you should read this would be just to experience a different time period. Um, although we get to see what Jane Austen's life was like, or the time period that she would have lived in, we still experience some of the same problems that you can f- you would experience today. There's like a creepy guy character that you just want to leave the main girl character alone. There's all these fake friends that you just are like, oh my gosh, just leave her alone. And then you have the real friends that you hope she gets to be hang out with and like actually get to be friends with. And then there's Catherine's own faults and her good characters in themselves that you get to watch develop so there's all these things that we could be true to today in a different time period so you get to pretend like you're in the past hanging out with Catherine with corsets and all these different things that we don't have today with the ability to understand what's happening to her because it's just as current as it was then as it like than as it is today. I don't know if that made sense. But yeah. And the last thing, why should you read this? Well, because Catherine is kind of cool. She's quirky. If you read that, she's not your typical girl. And she's just a really cool character to get to experience. 
and understand. She's just interesting and a good character to me. So why should you read this and what did I walk away with from this book? Well, first of all, probably just the snappiest thing I learned, quickest little tidbit here, is it's okay to say no to people. Don't let them drag you on to places that you don't want to go and don't want to be a part of. It's okay to say no, especially if you're getting bad vibes from one of them. The second thing I learned was be careful where your imagination takes you. Catherine takes her, lets her imagination take her to a lot of places and some of them may be a little too far so make sure while you should have fun and be creative and imagine things as you're not letting to make sure that your imagination is not getting in the way or hurting other people because that's when it's not fun for anyone anymore so keep a check on that imagination um, check out Northganger Abbey and go get a taste of gothic romance. Stay hooked, readers, and keep on reading. This is Mariah Mortar, your podcast host, and have a fine day.